Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways cars connect us. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. We've been scheming. I can't even tell you any more than that, but there's not another word for it. It's the thing that keeps Usually happening with the podcast. Ideas. We just sit down and we, and we start talking, but today it was scheming. If we could You're do right. half of what we talked about for 2022, I know it's still 2021. I am aware. I've seen the calendar. If we can do half of what we're talking about for 2022, it's going to be huge. Speaking of huge, right up front, I just now thought of this. I have to appeal to all of you guys. Mm. This Thursday... We have a piece dropping on YouTube. It is a YouTube-only piece. It is the biggest thing we've ever done for YouTube only because it's the size of our feature film. Yeah. We yeah. are doing on our original channel starting this Thursday and following next Thursday, the next two weeks, we are doing two videos, both of which are going to be more than a half hour long, equaling essentially this monster cheap sports car Comparo. I'm incredibly excited about it. I know you are too, Paul. We've been I, all working so this hard. This is all we've been talking about. Yes. We've been doing all this shooting and now editing, and the guys are editing. Chance and Edgar have edited their rear ends off. Yep. Everybody has. It is all hands on deck to get this out to YouTube. But th- this is two films. Mm-hmm. The first one is all eight cars, yep. including Todd Z4 and my SLK. Yep. So we had those two already. We added six to be, for these rules, 25 years or newer, mm-hmm. under $8,000, and easily searchable on autotempest.com slash everyday where there's pages of them. There's mm-hmm. not just the one salvage yeah. title yeah, yeah. <laughs> thing that <laughs> yeah, for sure. it kind of squeaked in. And that's why we didn't include Corvettes, C4s or C5s because you couldn't reliably find them for under eight grand. They've gone up, C4s and C5s. Well, the C4s are, are actually too old too, which is craziness. Right, right. So yeah, that's the other thing. And also manual transmission, yes. rear wheel drive, and two-seater only. Two only. Seats. Yep. So no Mustangs and no Camaros. Mm -hmm. So these requirements produced eight cars. Mm -hmm. And the first film is all eight cars. It doesn't matter the order, and they're all in comparison to each other, but it's all the highlights and lowlights of each car. And then Todd and I decided to make a second film, and it is five cars. We got rid of three that we didn't think made the cut, if you know Mm -hmm. what I mean. And it was the whole headspace is, did we pick the right cars for each other yes you picked a car i picked a car we each agreed on a car like Mm -hmm. those three need to go through and then we put them with r2 to ask the question with these the five car piece is going to be even more broad and epic and the shots in that are awesome to do that's the second week's piece the reason i bring all this up the reason we're talking about it is because all we've been talking about has been this but but here's the, (laughs) the key thing guys this is going to youtube only there's a youtube related question i'm going to get to in the questions later but this is going to youtube only we've never been a great match for youtube we have had some stuff that's done well on YouTube. We have people that know us from YouTube. You guys know us from YouTube. Thank you to all of you that watch. We we value that immensely. We also watch a lot of people that do stuff that feels like you did it in five minutes and they crank it out and they do really well on YouTube, which has never been us. Right. We have right. a few pieces out of 300 plus videos that have gotten over a million views, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. We have a few mm-hmm. and we're thr- we can't believe those that have done that well. It's great. Agreed. Agreed. I want these two films to be the fastest we've ever had films get to a million views. Agreed. That's my goal for yes. them. Yes. They are broad enough. They are relatable enough. They are exactly to our brand. We loved doing them. We think you guys are going to love them. We're just going to have to have you be our army. Just share them everywhere you can think of. I hope you enjoy them so that you want to share them. But the only way they're going to do that well is if you guys help us out. And I feel like... and I, 
I almost hesitate to do this because I don't want to call on you guys and be like, you need to help us. But at the same time, the only way they're going to do that well is if you guys do it. And that's my personal goal. I think these should be a million watched. I fully agree. But I also think in terms of searchability and for the kinds of emails that we get from all of you listening, that this is, I hesitate to use the word definitive. I think I have in the past, but this is something we can always point to for the future yeah, yeah. because Honda S 2000s are not on that list. 86s are not in there. They're too expensive right now. Yeah. And I don't think they'll ever get down. It'll take years for them to get down there and genuinely be viable. Mm. And so this is the recommendations that we will always point to when people ask us, guys, I really want a sports car. I want that sports car feel, but I can't spend a lot of money. We can Mm -hmm. always point to these and say these for the rest of time, (laughs) these dynamics. Yeah. There's going to be problems with these cars. We found many, but we found so much driving (laughs) goodness and comparing them to each other. And amongst the spectrum of cars available Mm -hmm. from here on out. Yeah. This remains something we can always point to. And so hopefully because of that, it will always be welcome to watch. I hope so. I hope so. We're very excited about it in case you can't tell. So that is coming this Thursday. That is film one of two is this Thursday and film two is next Thursday. They're coming right back to back while we continue to do fun test drives of these cheap sports cars on our test drive channel. Don't worry in case you're worried that the CUVs are not on the test drive channel right now. I promise you they're coming back. CUVs and minivans, they're coming back too. Agreed. Well, switching to TV real quick, we are still in the midst of season nine on the Motor Trend Cable Channel, and huge thanks to all of our TV sponsors for helping us get there. Haggerty, Griot's Garage, Covercraft, and Mm Autotempest.com. With Griot's Garage, you can use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. And Covercraft gives you a great discount too. Everyday 21 is the code for Covercraft. But we're on super SUVs. It is the Mercedes-Benz, well, Mercedes-AMG GLE, GLS, GLS, the big boy. 63, the big seven-seater against the Dodge Durango Hellcat in Colorado in the snow and the slush. And that is currently playing. That will be on streaming services soon. And we just, we can't thank our sponsors enough for helping Mm -hmm. us get there. We couldn't do it without you guys. Also, as of this recording, you can still pony up to win (laughs) one of our two cheap sports cars in the cheap sports car raffle. Go to everydaydriver.com and right at the very top, you can enter to win. All the details are on there as well. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping, too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. We've got a really cool Topic Tuesday and a really fun car debate coming as well. But this Topic Tuesday is fascinating because it's analysis paralysis. It happens a lot. Yeah, for sure. And many of you guys wrote about it. And, and Mark is writing in, and Mark is in his 60s. He essentially says, from when I was a boy, here are the cars that caught my eye. You hear about the new thing, and you're just like, ah, that's all I care about. And you just you, you steep yourselves in all of the info until I, the steeped. new thing comes along, and you go, what is that pretty shiny right. thing over there? Well, Mark says, as a young boy, he rode his bike over to Brenda Munson's house. I don't know who Brenda is. I don't know if we're supposed to know Brenda, but hi, Brenda, in case you're listening. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> That would be. The point is, he passed a Triumph Spitfire. It was parked in the shade under a big tree and just looked beautiful. He said it was a boy's first sports car, perfect first sports car. Mm. 
But when he got old enough to get a car, he only had the money for a Volkswagen Sports Bug, a Super Beetle-based forerunner to the Rabbit Golf GTI. But that got him firmly into the Porsche family. Okay. For a few years, he lusted after a 912E. And of course, you graduate to a 911SC. <laughs> of course you do. He said he could never make good on either of those. But about the same time, then, switching over, John DeLorean made good on his dream of building his own car, and he loved it. He said for a few years, that was his daydream mobile. The DeLorean looked like the future before the movie came out. It was a big yeah, on the road, did. but it was cool. And he, he consumed everything he could about it, including John Z. DeLorean's book, On a Clear Day, You Can See General Motors. <laughs> But time moved on, he says. In the intervening years, he's lusted for a Miata, a Mustang GT, a C3 Corvette from 78 or 79, so early in the production run. Yeah. Well, actually about midway that's, through. That's, yeah, getting, yeah. A Lotus Esprit or an MGB. He even bought the Lindsay Porter restoration book. But the key thing on all of these is, I, don't, don't misunderstand, these are not cars he bought Correct. He had the sports beetle, and then everything he's listing here, this is the car he lusted after and wanted and did not buy. Just wanted. He came back around to the Spitfire, but he says by then he sold them for Johnny Baxter in Omaha, so he was working for a dealer, it sounds like, and he says they weren't very good cars when they were new. (laughs) But then he goes on to say he was interested in Mercedes-Benz SLs and SLCs, he says they came and went without actually coming or going, which means he never got to own them. Mini Coopers, Fiats, Jaguar Fs were heavy consideration for a wow. time. And he flirted briefly with Aston Martins and seriously old Rolls Royces and Bentleys. We can tell you about old used luxury sedans. <laughs> Boy, can we. They're fascinating and they also might be worth avoiding, but you should take them to the salt flats. That's something you should do. <laughs> Always. Everybody should go to the salt flats. But as he, as you can see, he says it was rarely, rarely about the quality of the car or the driving experience. Mm. He was just reacting to some kind of visceral response to seeing one on the road or the dealer's lot or a webpage, wow. which is exactly bring a trailer or any auction site yes. or any time we see a car. We want it, mm-hmm. but then articulate why you want it. Yeah. Wait 10 minutes. It might go away. Just lay yeah. down until the feeling goes away. <laughs> lay down until you're over it. <laughs> By the way, just brief side rant. There's reality where all of us are living. And you may like your reality and you may not. And then there's bring a trailer. And they are no longer connected. They used they to have not. like a thin tendril between them. And that has apparently snapped. Somebody it's took just scissors snap. to that. Yeah. Well, Mark says at the time he depended upon Honda for his transportation. For three or four years, he had a Honda CRX SI, the color of evil. I don't know what color that is. I, I guess it was a red one. I don't know. Red, black, I don't uh, know. One of the two, yeah. He looked at Honda S2000s, but couldn't he get excited about that front end, which was done again in Maserati's big comeback, apparently. But he says now he's nearly 65 years old, and the most fun car he's ever actually owned was a 1988 CRX SI. Which, to stopping real quick... Mark, was a genuinely very fun car. It is. They were surprisingly fun, yeah, for sure. But how does he convince himself to get off the dime and actually buy one of these cars that he's always lusted after, always wanted, always dreamed about? How does he settle on just one? Mark, 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 Mark. This is this is tough, but it's also, I, I think, so many people. I don't think this Absolutely. is just you. You've defined the car disease. You've defined yeah. a lifelong disease. But Mark, you haven't ever done anything about it. Yeah. At least what what I'm hearing. And that's, I, mm. not, that's not a strike against you. It's circumstantial. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, you haven't done it yet. But Mark, the first thing I want to say to you is, it is not too late to do this. Absolutely I, I not. I really, really want you to do this. And also, the other thing I think is holding you back, and we've talked about this before, is 
there's this weird thing that we, I think we all bring to cars and it's hard to break. And that is, I bought this. I have to have it for a while. Mm. No, you don't. Taxes, title, registration preclude you from, you know, turning over every month, I suppose. Yes, yes, theoretically. But, but, but I think because after a house, the car is probably the most expensive thing you're buying. We think about it in house terms. I mean, we know they don't last that long, but we True. think about it. And this is, I mean, this is a lot of money. So I'm going to buy this and I'm going to. Although I do like uh, the idea of a 30 year mortgage on a car. That would really revolutionize <laughs> that would everything. Change what we're buying. For all of us. Woo, yeah. That would revolutionize bring a trailer if they offered 30 year mortgages there on their go. cars. Then who cares? Yeah, exactly. It's I'm like a, 82 bucks a month. Who cares? <laughs> it's about 85 bucks a month. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, but I, I think. The the key thing here is, oh, by the way, you don't mention money. You don't mention even what money, your budget dollars would be, which are is not mentioned. Fascinating. Yep. But I I have a couple of tactics I want to give to you on this. But the big thing I want to say is, I think you're paralyzed by if I buy this, I have to keep it, mm-hmm. and you don't. Mm-hmm. And if I buy this, it has to be perfect. It has to be everything I am ima- because something some things in your story say. Well, I was thought thought about this car, and then I realized it's bad to drive. Right, I thought about right. this car, and then I realized, oh, those aren't reliable. But that's a headspace that says it has to run, and I have to keep it. It doesn't have to do either one. True. It can True. be really fun for a while, and then six months later, you go, that was a mistake. You remember when we had Sam Smith on? <laughs> yes. And I he did. talked about having a Lotus Elan. <laughs> go back and listen to that episode. Mistakes because Sam, were made. Sam's ama- amazing. But he talks about how when it ran, he loved it, but it rarely ever ran. Okay, so it was an extreme example in that regard. I don't want you to get into something that doesn't run, but I also want to free you up. I want you to, to disconnect your brain from the fact that it needs to be reliable and you need to keep it a long time. If you have something for six months and half of that time it doesn't work well and you had three months of it where this really car is great, I wish it ran better, and then you can have that actual life experience. All your life experience so far has been you read about it or you watched it from over there. Let's get in the middle of it. I love that. There's one huge question among many that I have for you, Mark, and this is for all of us. I mean, we, we answer this for Mark, but we're, we're talking to us. We're talking mm-hmm. to everyone here. But the biggest question that I have for you, the burning one, Mark, why haven't you given yourself permission? It mm-hmm. sounds easy. I've said this before, but to give yourself permission to do a thing, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. There's emotions involved. There's yeah. consulting friends and family. Really? I'm not kidding. I mean, giving yourself permission to buy that thing or go on that trip or do this, whatever that is, and being okay with it and coming to a a good place where you can say, I don't care what the outcome is. I mean, whatever that is, Mm. is what it is. Mm -hmm. I've given myself permission to do it. And people want, they support me in doing that. They want me to go do this and have this fulfilled. So when you can reach that point and you've allowed yourself to do that, I think it's all downhill from there. But that is a big hurdle. I am not taking that lightly Mm -hmm. whatsoever. My other questions for you are these. What aspects do you enjoy most about driving? Mm. You're in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Okay. What about driving there do you like? What about driving there do you not like? Mm -hmm. Where do you want to go to drive? Excellent question. What have you dreamed about? What part of the country or world have you Mm -hmm. dreamed about going to drive in? You thought, if only I could do it. It's like planning a trip. It isn't going to do it until you sit down and book those plane tickets. Yeah, that's true. It that's really good. isn't going to do stuff. it until you give yourself permission to put that money on the credit card and you book the flights and then suddenly it gets real. Mm-hmm. But until that happens, only you can do that. So what part of the country, what road has intrigued you? Is it the East Coast? Is it Colorado? Is it mm. where? Colorado is actually pretty close. 
I'm asking you, yeah. where have you yeah, always yeah. wanted to go? And what about that driving do you want to do? Is it like, I've always wanted to try drag racing or mm-hmm. you know, autocross or canyon driving or whatever that is, because I think that will really define you uh, in helping you make the decision on what you want. So my question to you is where would you take the new car and definitely buy a car you'll drive, not just sit in the garage unless yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. run. <laughs> but I ask you this, what makes you want a car? Mm. Is it style? Nostalgia? That spitfire? Is it envy? Is it making others envious? Why do you want a car? Mm. Is it just for you? That's why I love watches so much. To me, they're not for other people. They're for me and me alone. It is for me to enjoy that. I'm looking at the time. I'm marveling at the build quality. I like the style. It's for me. Mm. It's not for anybody. If somebody else notices, great, fine, we'll talk. Mm-hmm. But it's for me. Interesting. And for everyone else who buys that watch, that, that is not for me. That's for them. Interesting. That is their thing. Mm. That's why I'm so intrigued with it. Cars are a lot of that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People buy cars to... F- make others jealous to, you know, show off all that kind of stuff. But there's a big element of, I bought this and this is what we preach at everyday driver Mm -hmm. because I like how it drives. Yes. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Yes. I bought it because I like it. Okay. You think it's soft and gushy and fine. It does everything I need to do. And I like it white. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that happens. You know? That's a little far. That might be a step too far in white. But but this this is what happens. It's that whole thing of, look, I... We have had people write into this show, and for very legitimate reasons, budget, family, whatever the restraints Absolutely. were, they have bought a string of minivans, and they have realized <laughs> string of minivans. They have realized that they have been perfect for them. Yeah, that's what we want. We want what got them through that part of what life. What you're paying for yeah. in your car is something that's doing everything you need to and making you smile. And you go, "That's right. That might be the minivan, but Mark's at a place in life." You're, you're either retired or you're about to be, Mark. This is that time in life. When people go, you know, I've always wanted to do. <laughs> it is that time. It is. Life. And so, Mark, this this can be cars. You could go bird watching. You could RV across the country. I have an idea for you. This is my big idea. Okay. You ready? I don't know how much money you have in play. I, I don't know. Sure. So I'm just going to say, for sake of argument, let's say it's 20 grand. Okay. Let's just say that it okay. is. I want you to have a five-year plan. I want you to own at least five cars in five years. Ooh. That's exciting. You buy a car at, you know, like we've done with our cheap cars. This mm-hmm. has been really freeing for both of us is why I bring it up. It really has. Buy a car that you know at the most you're going to keep it for a year. I like this a lot. It could be the Triumph Spitfire. It could be any, look, these eight sports cars we're about to drive for this film. It could be any one of those with money left over. My point here is. <laughs> you're prescribing the eight car recipe. I am pretty much. But but my point here is. <laughs> or the five car. car. When the five car totally. films come out. Per, comes out. <laughs> yeah. Buy, buy a car. Planning to sell it in a year. Now, my suspicion is, unless, and I'm not, and I'm talking used for you. Don't buy brand new because my point is, if you buy something, let's say you're, let, that twenty grand budget, you buy it for fifteen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In a year, what's it worth? Worst case, thirteen. Worst case, you're going to get most of your money back out of it. Sure. To buy the next thing, five cars in five years. I, I could give you a list. Many of the usual suspects are on there. Many of the cheap sports cars from these cheap yeah. sports car films are on there. But what are the cars? You, you've mentioned cars that got away that you're curious about. I, I want you to free yourself from it has to hang out. And I want you to have car experiences, ownership experiences. I have a 
weird wild card idea also, but I want you to have ownership experiences, but I want you to give yourself those one year parameters at the moment. And I also say this to you, Mark, you get six months in and you're like, I really don't like this. Sell it. Sure. Sure. It's been six months. It's good. One year, just five cars in five years. If you could do eight cars in five years, great. But you're, now, there's hassle. That's exciting. There's taxes and insurance. Sure. All of that, you're going to lose a little bit of money. I'm not saying you're going to come out completely in the black, but you wouldn't on any... If you bought a car and kept it for five years, it's still you still lost money. True. So I want five cars in five years. That's what I want you to do. That's really exciting. I have to tease you a little bit because this does go hand in hand. Todd went to the doctor school of handwriting, so mm-hmm. he does admit to having the terrible doctor style of handwriting. So if you wrote on a prescription pad, nobody would be able to read it anyway, whereas I went to design school, so I'm very careful oh, with yes. my block mm-hmm. architectural lettering, yeah. and I just have to tease you a little bit. But I, could, I, should, I should send that to Mark. Should I should just write a little pad. prescription pad. It says everyday driver It'll at the bottom. It'll be unreadable. But yes. <laughs> I can just tell him what it says, sense. and you can take it into his local dealer, and they will fix him right up. They'll, they'll yeah. be able to read it. See, dealerships can read the prescription. The pharmacist always can. That's the what the boggles me. The totally. pharmacist is like, oh yeah, that, that's a word I we'll can't see. spell if it's if it's printed. And and the doctor wrote it and they're like, oh yeah, I know exactly what that is. They also had to go to the doctor school of handwriting Clearly. just to learn interpretation. Yes. That's why they attended. Mm-hmm. Mark, I hate the word retirement. I always have. Sure. It's always associated an age with a thing. Mm. And you're not allowed to do that thing until you reach a certain age. Mm-hmm. I've always hated retirement. Oh, I'm finally retired. Why can't you do the things now? Why can't you great. save good. up and go on that trip now? Why does having a dog or a car or a family or a house, wh- why? Why mm. can't you figure out a way mm-hmm. around that? Sometimes, genuinely, you can't, and I yeah. acknowledge yeah. that. But the word retirement has always, it just seems like defeat. Mm. It just seems like stop. It does feel like a stopping word, doesn't it? Just it just feels like a, a downer. And we're done. The Seinfeld joke where, you know, every kid is... Always about up. Yeah. Their arm is up. Wait up. Hold up. I want to stay up. I want to stay up. Yeah. And adults are always saying, sit down, slow down. Yeah. Don't talk me that way. Talk down. Yeah. It's always <laughs> down. It, the, the bit is hilarious. But retirement means stop. And I don't want you to think that way. I want you to, I want this to be a new, fresh starting place mm-hmm. for you. When a particular car, what, what particular car comes around in your mind all the time? You said you were in the Porsche camp because of that early Beetle mm-hmm. and you lusted after the 911s. But when people write to us and say they've always wanted a blank, insert car here, mm-hmm. we always say to them, why aren't you buying one? Go get one of those. Why are you writing to us? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the prescription. You wrote it yourself. <laughs> so not only... What sort of performance driving do you want to do? It sounds like you enjoy tiny cars that have quick reactions like that. Plan that road trip. And not to be morbid, but you're 65. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. It's the same kind of thing we both asked your dad. Yes. This is the I whole always reason. wanted a Corvette. Like, you're 75. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. I said, I said to my dad, I said, I, I love you and I want you to be around a long time. But in 10 years... Are you going to be able to buy and get in a Corvette? Yeah. I said, there will come a day, Dad. And I hated the conversation. I said, there will come a day when you can't. You, you physically cannot. Yeah. And that's sooner rather than later at him in his 70s. I'm thrilled he got that car. Oh, but random side note. My parents are on a road trip right now. Did not take the Corvette. What? I know. I keep beating on them. What? They were at an overlook at a national park. And my mom sent me a photo of two people. Their age, two couples, their age that climbed out of Corvettes. And she said, they really are road trip cars. I'm like, yes. 
Why didn't they take the Corvette? I, I don't. They, I'm going to have words with they them. They haven't they get back. had the jump yet. I'm going. They to love have, driving it. To their it's credit, summer right now. They take it this out is, all the time, and they drive it all the time for fun. And I'm thrilled that they do. They'll do like a half day road trip, which I'm thrilled. About. They're so comfortable I'm on road like, trips. Let's pack the back and go. Anyway, we're yeah. going to have some. We're going to have, have a little sit down. Yes, I have. I have a wild card crazy idea for you, Mark, that I'm wondering about. Okay. We're talking about how do you pick cars? How do you have fun? This kind of thing. What's a road trip? You you touched on it earlier, Paul. What's a road trip you've always wanted to do? And I'm just going to I'm gonna create one. You've always wanted to do the coastal road from Seattle to San Diego. That sounds pretty good. Sounds great. Here's my idea. Mm. Buy a car at one end and sell it at the other. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> you just fly to that place. Ooh. You buy something off a of Craigslist. You drive it the entire length and you sell it on the other end and you walk away. And fly home? Yes, exactly. I like that so much. <laughs> because then you can try something out on a road trip, which is where a car is best, on a road that is amazing, by the way. And it's just, this is my car for this purpose, and then I'm done. Plus, they give you like 30 days to register it, so you never have to pay for registration. <laughs> That's just an sell it. point. Boom. And we're out. I don't know who this person on the title is. Here you go. <laughs> if you want it, but you no, have seriously. to deal with it. Fly to a place you want to have an adventure, buy a car there, drive it through the adventure, and sell it. I mean, you could rent a car and do this, but it's not the same. But it's also... You don't have ownership of it, and you don't have that thing invested in the car. And he's not going to get the weird, quirky stuff he's intrigued by either. Right. You're going to right. wind up in, I have Malibu or similar. Yeah. See, don't, don't, don't do, do that. that. Actually, invest the dollars and buy one because then you're, you're fully engaged. It is yours. I, I suppose you could register it. But either way, though, I like cares? the idea of just, that's fantastic. All right, Mark, Todd is writing you prescriptions. This is brilliant. I have cars for you, but they all come from our cheap sports car challenge film. <laughs> Coming this Thursday. <laughs> I mean, this is why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And you said you like little cheap car or lightweight cars. But not too long ago, we were on a shoot with the M4 and the Mustang Mach 1. Yes, we, we were. ran into some people. Beaver and horse. Beaver and horse. Somebody was describing to me their Raptor with 1,600 horsepower, something absurd. Yeah. And it was going to do four seconds somethings, and I was just, my eyes glazed over. Mm -hmm. Because I think both you, I know both you and I are to the point where I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about the yeah. latest horsepower and the fastest thing. You're dumping money into this thing. And I, I started to probe with some questions, sort of like, why'd you do that? <laughs> Because and it was a full stop because it it in car think internet car think internet car think if I have more <laughs> horsepower I am better yeah and so you started it keep going but you started to just ask him why why and almost was, in a childlike way like why yeah it was it was the most light probing it wasn't attacking it wasn't anyway it was just I was genuinely kind of wondering. Why you dump an extra $68,000 into making your $100,000 truck go even faster and have a bigger number? Because it sounds impressive. For sure. I was not impressed. Because you're making a pickup truck that's super capable off-road go really fast on pavement? You've got a supersonic pickup truck. Why? <laughs> Why? Oh, I don't yeah. get it. How about a CRX SI from 1988? Yeah. Just cruising and tearing up the corners with some great tires on it. That sounds like fun to me. It does. I hear you. Yeah. 
So I say that to free you up. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. a big expensive sports car. Oh, I am I am so victim to that. I I love the big expensive high dollar sure, high horsepower. Sure. I love the GT3s and all that stuff. I love them. Of course I do. But to discover and know yourself and know what you like mm. so much, mm. you don't care what anybody else thinks and you found your car. I love the one per year plan. I, I think it's Mark, a way to just one per year for the rest of your life because sure. I don't want you to get to five years and be like, well, now what? I guess I'll buy a pickup. But 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 let's put it the other way. I bet you, if Mark, this is my suspicion. I, I'm going to make a prophecy right here. I don't do it often. I'm going to make a prophecy. If you do a car, one car for per year for five years, I bet you could write us back and be like, you know what I'm going to buy? I'm going to buy this. That's great. I bet you could tell me the car you're going to buy, Mark, because you know why. When the weather gets hot, it's time for custom sunscreens and dash covers from Covercraft. Their custom sunscreens are made to exactly fit inside your windshield. I mean, perfectly fit for maximum protection from the sun. They're durable and sturdy and fold up wonderfully for years of dependable use. There's a wide variety of colors and styles available, including the original awesome silver one, Premier Series, and Carhartt. Covercraft offers dash matte custom dash covers as well, custom fitted to your dash for complete protection from the sun. They reduce road glare when driving and complement your interior with a large selection of colors and styles, including the original carpet dash mat, suede mat, velour mat, and the extremely popular limited edition. Whatever sunscreen, dash cover, or car cover you choose, remember you need to use the code EVERYDAY21 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com for our audience. You can find Covercraft by following the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com for high-quality products that keep your vehicles protected and looking their best. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Adam W. writes to us as a longtime viewer and listener. He's cool. kind of popped in in and out of the audience for a few years, he says, and he's got a debate, but it's going to require some setup. They all do, by the way. <laughs> they no, do. We just understand. So you know, Adam, nobody writes in. It's like, this is going to be easy. This is going to be easy. I'm, I'm just like, here's what's up. But I, you know what? I like picking the hard ones. It's good. Because it's I don't really want to just be like, well, okay, get that, and you're going to be happy. I get a like WRX, intro- buy an 86. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, and we're done. No, 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 no. The headline from Adam is, what do you buy when nothing seems like a good option? Mm. That's hard. That seems hard right off the bat. Well, Adam is a 29-year-old Ford junkie re-entering school after spending the better part of a decade as a mechanic. His vehicle history includes all Fords. <laughs> Do you notice that, did you? An 05 Mercury Sable. You remember the, the food Mustang? He's got the food tattoo, too. He does. That's happening, yeah. A 99 Taurus. A 2016 Fusion and a 2015 Fiesta ST, granted in that molten orange. Mm -hmm. He grew up in the Chicago suburbs, later spent a year in New York City before ending up in San Jose, California. He says, given where he spent most of his life, there hasn't been an opportunity to enjoy a car outside of how comfortable it was. Mm. Hence the long list of large, relatively uninspiring sedans. But that said, he says he's absolutely got rose-tinted glasses about the third-generation Taurus, as that was the first car that he ever paid for, and he says, taught him to appreciate driving. The four-speed auto was terrible, but he says the three-liter V6 was a high note, perhaps the only high note, and he mentions that that three-liter Duratec V6 allegedly has roots in Porsche, so that's how he claims that's the <laughs> sports trying sedan. To make it legit. I am not able to corroborate <laughs> this at that moment. I've not dug in yet, mm-hmm. but that intrigues me. He says it saw him through daily triples on a regular basis, commuting between Chicago and the suburbs before it spat out fourth gear on the highway and was promptly retired after he had personally put over 100,000 miles on it in a little over three years. Wow, okay. 
He still to this day has a weird obsession with that super high output, the SHO from that era. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the Ford Yamaha collaboration or a small displacement V8 under the hood or the fact that it had very early examples of adaptive dampers, but he has a surprisingly large soft spot for those. Time to move on. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Can't I'm control sorry. my inner monologue. He also thinks it was probably one of those heroes he shouldn't meet. Mm. But then came the Fusion. He says it was solid, certainly better than the Taurus. But he says he's still thinking about third generation Tori. Mm, time to move on. When he found himself in California, he decided to take some of our advice and finally buy something that was entertaining to drive. Something he could go explore the paved roads in, the paved mm. good roads. There are so many good ones down there. So he started shopping. He went to a Honda, a Honda dealer. Screech. <laughs> no, he said, no, I didn't. Record scratch. No, I didn't. He said, no, I didn't. There's just, he's making sure we're reading. He said he went to his Ford dealer, but just he bought kidding. the bright orange, the molten Fiesta ST at the Ford dealership, bought it kind of on a whim because we'd talked about how great it was. And he was like, um, oh my gosh, this is awesome. He said, it's entirely new. His car history's all been front wheel drive. So that was new, wasn't new, but the 200 horsepower and the Fiesta ST chassis and the tiny little thing that it is, and it's cheap and all that. By the way, he's, Bigger than we are. Yeah, he's And large. he chucks this thing around. His first manual transmission, he's like, I was instantly addicted. He said, now, sure, the interior is basically garbage plastics. But <laughs> it doesn't matter when he's driving it. His ownership experience with this Fiesta has been monumental. It's also left him in a bit of a quandary. He's learned to love little car driving dynamics, even though it's not particularly fast. It always feels eager. Mm-hmm. He's annoyed with the interior. He says hate is too strong of a word, so is dislike, but it gets the job done. Mm-hmm. But it's the only negative that he's had to interact with on a daily basis. And now that the car is about three years old, he says it, it holds his interest just enough. It's, you know, as long as it's traditionally held his interest, but he does feel like it's time to move on. So he started shopping. Good. He's hurt us already. <laughs> so he's not shopping for another Ford. Good for you. At least until you give another manufacturer a shot. I okay. say, how about you just, not at least, how about we just do? Yeah. We, <laughs> Let's not try. Let's go all the way there. <laughs> and this will be his only car. Unless he wins your Z4, he wants That's to win funny. Your Z4. That's you, funny. You've got a good shot at it. It needs to be versatile. The only must is seating for five people. Apparently, he's had five full-grown adults in his Fiesta on a surprising number of occasions. <laughs> Which means a lot of things are on the table. Five people in a Fiesta ST, you are determined to get friends in the car. How are they still your friends? Mm, that, that's Especially impressive. the backseat riders. Well, what's amazing is he says that his car is better for five people. He says that his girlfriend has a Prius Prime and it will only seat four. Ah. <laughs> so that means whatever he gets has to be able to seat five people. Okay. All right. All right. Glad you're using it. But he says... He knows you, Todd, is going to ask if it has to. And he guess mm-hmm. in theory, he could rent a car when he needs five seats. But he'd just like to remind us that he's currently a student. Therefore, money is always a consideration. Okay. All right. Nah. <laughs> you, you wrote to this podcast, which makes it frightening for you. I'm sorry. I kid, sort of. He doesn't want to give up on the driving dynamics, dynamics the Fiesta has introduced him to. So he's open to different experiences in the form of all-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive. He okay. wants the car to be entertaining on twisty roads, and therefore manual is preferred, not required, if the auto is good. His commute is about 90 miles, three to four times a week, up to San Francisco, so good fuel economy would be nice. He says... It needs to be a better interior than the Fiesta. That is a very low bar. You mentioned it's a low bar. That's a very low bar. Yeah. It doesn't need to be S-Class nice, but it either needs significantly more space or much better materials. For a $20,000 budget or less, he's pretty firm on that because he's built around a $300 a month 
car payment. Okay. All right. One thing to note, he says, he's averse to Honda and Toyota. He dislikes Honda's aesthetics, and he has a larger issue with Toyota that he does not expound upon. Okay. But Chevy, he says, similarly, is probably a no-go since he's a dyed-in-the-wool Ford guy. He has a food tattoo. He does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to cover that up or get it you know, scratched Turned over to, food. to read yeah. food. His list of self-assigned drive homework so far includes the Charger and Challenger, the Elantra Sport inline or Elantra GT Sport inline from Hyundai, okay. Mazda 3, CX-5, CX-3. His girlfriend really wants him to get a crossover, so her recommendations are marked with a question mark, which <laughs> is here. Crossovers. Okay, yeah. Mini Cooper, Clubman, or Countryman. Volkswagen GTI, GLI, or Tiguan. I did the strike through with the Volkswagen products. Did you? Adam, I just okay. All strike right. through. Okay. Ixnay on the GLI. No, thanks. The GLI, no. Yeah. Or the GTI. or the. I, yeah. I think the GTI is a Maybe, viable option, but, but keep going. He says he's not driven any of these. But from what he's read, it sounds like all of these are missing what makes the Fiesta ST so magical. I he, agree. I agree, too. He will reserve final judgment until he has the opportunity to drive, but he wanted to get our opinion to see if there's anything he's not considering but should. Even if it has a badge from one of the three blacklisted manufacturers, Honda, Toyota, and Chevy. <laughs> I guess. He says, I <laughs> guess. Adam, I love that you're trying very reluctantly to branch out. You're like, I I should branch out. I want to stand here under the Ford banner. It depends on where that Ford tattoo is. Is it anywhere Uh, from neck up? Exactly. It's going to be tougher. If it's on your forehead, I think you're just stuck, Adam. I'm not sure what the case is. The GTI I actually left on here because it solves all of your usage case. But it's not as fun as your Fiesta ST. Five people in a GTI, let's do that. Need some decent gas mileage? Yes. Better interior across the board. I I think you would like a lot about it, but you're not going to get the fun of the Fiesta ST. You're going to get performance. It's a performance car. Mm -hmm. You're just not going to get the fun of the Fiesta ST. I think because you've said you want something that feels like your Fiesta ST but is better, I think what you want, I know you're not surprised, is just outside of your budget. And it's the Hyundai Veloster N. It's on my list. It's the grown-up Fiesta ST. It's the logical next step. It's it's the Fiesta ST dynamics in a slightly larger, better car. Yeah. I've got others, but I think that one is... It's, the other Hyundai products on here, no. What you want is the Veloster N. Adam, let's get this out of the way right away. The Ford Mustang Mach-E is too expensive, but since you're a Ford guy, and since you do have that commute, it's in your future, maybe. Just have it out there. It, it's out there. Okay. Okay. Yep. Used whenever, but let's go somewhere different. <laughs> Put a pin in it. Yeah. For later. The Mazda six sedan is not on your list. I did not see that on your drive homework. That's decent. Yeah. You said five good. seaters. Why mm-hmm. do we have to have a crossover? Why do we yeah. have to set up high? Agreed. Agreed. Veloster N is third on my list here. And it is that, uh, that good step after Fiesta ST ownership. But the car that I think you should buy, if you get friends into the backseat of a Fiesta ST and they're still your friends and they still like you. True. Yes. We're fine. With <laughs> We're all good now. All right. Okay, keep going. Is the Acura TLX 2019 and newer? Does Acura count? I mean, it is mm. a Honda product, but it doesn't say Honda. That doesn't have the H on it. True. It's got the cool calipers. True. It's got the, the, the H that got squeezed at the top to become yeah, an right. A. Yeah. It's, it's the cool calipers. And I think you need to pursue one of these because it's always the sedan for about 20 grand or so that we always forget about mm, the TLX. Mm. And I say 2019 or newer because of that better nose, the better grill and the better sure, design. Sure. I'll bet you, you could do it again. Different 
it's going to be reliable. It's going to be fun, but it's going to be comfortable. You said comfortable. Yeah. And you can still get five people in it. Mostly. The other Again, one I thought of is Hatch World, Hatchy and Handley World. The other one I thought of, I thought of our friend Chris down in Vegas mm, who had yeah. a Lotus Elise for a while. Loved it. Yeah. Got out of it. Got into a car we'd talked about that couldn't have been more different than the Elise on paper, and he loves it, and it works well for him. Adam, have you thought about a Mercedes GLA AMG 45? Those are, Those are around 20. 2015, 2016. You can get them. Yeah. Great turbo engine, fantastic dynamics. It's got a dual clutch gearbox, which isn't, isn't manual, but it's a hatchback. It's got more space than, by the way, the, uh, the Mazda CX-3 is tiny inside. Yeah. I want to say tinier than the Fiesta ST, I, or well, at least equivocal. It, it, they're, they're equivalent, I would bet for sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Fiesta has more uh, rear seat space for the legs. The, the yeah. head, I don't know, but the legs, very possibly. Your friends will hate you equally. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it may be a wash there. But honestly, come on, man. GLA AMG 45, get one that's been pretty well taken care of. Those Good. things held on to none of their value. Yeah, they and hustle. And they are really, really fun to drive. Yep. If you go Mazda products, what you want... You can't afford. And that is you want the new slash current Mazda 3 wagon yeah. turbo. That's what you want. Yeah. That is awesome. It does everything you want. The hatch. It's, you're talking Mazda yeah, yeah. 3 hatch. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You want that with the great all-wheel drive system that is better than the one that comes on the Golf R. I stand yeah. by that. It has an automatic, which isn't the most sporty thing ever, but that is a fantastic car. The problem is it's out of your budget. So that was on there. It's my yeah. kind of, hmm, Subaru WRX might work for you. Okay. Okay. Get it in the manual. Now, if you get it in the auto, it's the CVT. Get it in the manual. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. I wouldn't have said that if you weren't coming out of a Fiesta ST. Sure, sure. But that is a fun little sedan. You can get them for your budget. Get it in a manual. It will have more space and a nicer interior than your Fiesta ST. You lose the hatch. (laughs) The WRX is the nice interior. It is a nicer interior. For sure it (laughs) is. Right, but that's just... Uh, I, I actually saw one today, and it's just they, they've nuts. just got just enough of a wide, angry stance to be interesting. <laughs> Go get a Subaru WRX. I think that's one. I have two wild cards for you because I okay. don't think either of them really work. Okay. One I thought of is the BMW 335iS that we like so much. It's the E90 series. Okay, so the Delightful. like 2010, 2011. Delightful. Get that manual with that great turbo. It's two door. You do have back seats, but it is two door. But you've been p- fitting people in a Fiesta SD. We keep coming back True. to that. You're used to clown cars. Yeah. That, that BMW 335 IS would be crazy fun. You would feel like you're in a luxury car when you just want to drive. You feel like in a luxury car, but it rotates pretty well, got great power. That's an option. I mean, how to make your friends stop asking you to drive <laughs> by a two door. There you go. And then I, I, this is very firmly in wild card territory and just barely above your budget. But you would have the only one you've ever seen. It just stuck into my head while reading your email. Isuzu Viacross? No. Oh. Excellent choice, but no. I, that's all I could think about. The Genesis G70 with the base turbo engine in a manual. Oh, that's good. The back seat is terrible. But Fiesta ST is yeah, our reference. See, you, yeah. We're right. still fine. We've still got more room than yeah. Fiesta ST. The back seat is actually okay in that regard. That is a fantastic car that will feel like a luxury car with four real doors, five real seats. You can get it in a manual. Now, the manual only came in the two-liter turbo. They're out there. Yeah, but who cares? Get it. Yes, they're they're hanging on to a little more money. They're in the upper 20s because 
the people that are trying to sell them are like, there's very few of these, but I don't think anybody's buying them because nobody mm. bought them originally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can get a deal on one of those. That's this, that's as big as I got. The Genesis G70 was the biggest thing I'm suggesting for you, Adam. The G70 with the base engine and the manual. That's Wild really card, good. but I think there's I, some good hatches I there. I like that the best. I mean, now friends can sit back there in quilted leather, horrible legroom. <laughs> When your car needs new brakes, and it will, it's a great time to upgrade for better stopping power. We're excited to partner with PowerStop Brakes for an easy way to get more performance for something you already need. PowerStop is on a mission to deliver better brakes on every vehicle in every situation, from daily commuting to towing to track days. These are bolt-on, direct-fit parts for better braking with no modifications required. Every PowerStop Complete Brake Kit comes with all the parts you need to upgrade your brakes. That includes the pads, rotors, and even those little clips and fasteners. Plus, all their pads are made from a carbon fiber ceramic compound, which they've tested extensively to deliver low dust and noise-free performance. So the next time you need new brakes or simply want to upgrade, visit PowerStop.com and enter your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use car finder. Todd and I even found great kits for our SUVs and cheap sports cars. Give your everyday driver the easy and affordable performance upgrade it deserves at PowerStop.com. Chris M. asks if it's worth trying to convince non-enthusiasts that a manual Mini Cooper S is, in fact, a driver's car. All of his wife's friends are just going to laugh when they see it, and they <laughs> laugh when they see this posting, apparently. <laughs> They're paying attention, and they don't like his car. Got it. The only way to convince people is to take him for a drive, or mm. they drive something, and you're in that car, and you soundly thrash them. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, Canyon Road, racetrack, Mm -hmm. and they pick their car, and you just thrash them within an inch of their lives, and they come away going, now, now what is that again? How how did you you do that? Because that's what happens with every Miata on track. How did you, how are you faster than a Corvette? What'd you do again? It's that kind of thinking that will then convince them, because there's nothing you can do to say, no, 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 no. I mean, even an original Mini Cooper from the 60s and 70s, I mean, that, that, is even more laugh inducing. It defines chuckable, yeah, for sure. I mean, I suppose unless you strip it out and somebody's in the back doing the rider active thing, you're driving, they're throwing their weight <laughs> side to side. <laughs> yeah, fair. Roll cage or something they can hang on to. But not until they experience it or they're up against you who is knowing what it is and they're so soundly beaten, they're scratching their head. That's the best part. Yeah, I wonder if it's a manual that he has and he could uh, he could have friends drive it too. Which be Yeah, it's got a manual. There. That'd be good. That'd be really good. Rocco asks a question that I'm going to step into really carefully and try to step out of very carefully. He says, what's the best and worst part of your jobs? Mm. Okay. First off, we do this for a living. That's insane. I love that. I can't believe we could do this for a living. We built this brand. Yeah. And this is our job. Yeah. That's Unbelievable. On press launches, we've looked at each other and reminded each other, work day. This is a work day. We are currently at work. <laughs> yeah. At the 86th launch, we said it about every half hour. One of us was like, work day, as we're sliding <laughs> ourselves around a racetrack in cars we aren't paying for that we have to, have to actually really like. Work day. Work day. <laughs> anyway, so right. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, and I want to come back to the good stuff. I want to talk worst part real quickly, and I... Mm. Every job has stuff that's tough. Of course. Every job has days when you're like, I can't believe I have to do that. You have the greatest job in the world, and that still happens. We have one of the greatest jobs in the world. It still happens. I want to say the biggest struggle for me in this job, the worst part of this job, is YouTube. Yeah. And I say that because yeah. we try so hard to make really high-quality content, and that is not, by and large, what helps you on YouTube. Yep. 
stuff that is low quality but coming at you down a fire hose that engages the 12 to 18 crowd. My son is 11, and he's starting to circle the rim of the YouTube hole. Oh. We've started to have these conversations where I'm just like, where have you been for the last hour? YouTube, no. Oh. No, because he watches the video. And, and to his credit, he doesn't pick. He doesn't go down weird rabbit tra- trails. He's watching like he's watching game walkthroughs on games that he likes, like Minecraft okay. and this kind of stuff. So it's stuff that he likes and stuff okay. that I have no problem with him watching theoretically. Okay, All right. but you've been doing that for an hour. Yeah, he has this one channel he watches where he watches other people play and they make stupid comments back and forth. And I can't stand it for five minutes, and an hour goes by, and he's like, "Oh, this video's got another twenty minutes." I'm like, no, Ooh. we don't do stuff that appeals to that. We aren't. He, we've never worked well on YouTube. We would not be able to do this job professionally as a, our only job if we had not made the jump to lean into this podcast and take our TV, our show to TV. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that got us the financials to be able to make it work. It's never worked on YouTube, which I find infuriating because we try so hard to make great content and it's never res- resonated there. And then there is the flip side of YouTube. <clears throat> and that is because we can all sit behind our keyboards and say whatever we want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> There is, there is the know-it-all factor. I love that people can watch what we do. I love people can comment on what we do. I love the meetups and all this kind of stuff. I want to get back to great things in a second. But you and I have tried really hard to have a kind of broad base of knowledge. Sure, yeah. Okay? Yep. We can talk about a lot of cars, vehicles, experiences, that kind of stuff at a set level. But I guarantee you, whatever car we just did a review on, somebody out there knows more than me. There is sure, no question. Absolutely. There's a lot of people that know down in the weeds about that. I still car. have not met the person that knows everything. And we are far from perfect. We yep. get stuff wrong now and then yep. because guess what? We're not perfect. It's the know-it-all factor on YouTube where I'm going to come in here slinging elbows because I'm an expert and I'm going to tell you guys how you're idiots. Yeah. It's just exhausting. It's exhausting. And because we also try to read all the comments, that's the other thing you have to understand. We have to try to actually engage with that. We want to be able to be reached. Yeah. And so I find that exhausting. The great stuff is, and this is a long list, and I'm going to try to put it under this big banner. I have had life experiences that I would have never had outside of this show. I've driven cars I never imagined. I've driven cars in places I never thought I'd see, pilgrimage and other things, because of this show. I have met people that have become genuine friends or people that are just great people I may never see again due to the show and meetups and the chance to be randomly somewhere and just talk to you. Yeah. The life experience has been, in a great way, nearly overwhelming. And... Anytime we are out, me especially, out away from the editing computer and I have one of those experiences, I have to kind of stop myself and be like, do you believe you're doing this right now? (laughs) You're right. Even when we're just sitting at dinner at a meetup, I'm like, this is amazing. So there's a lot. And and I also want you to understand, Rocco, there is much more good than bad. But that should be my list. That's fantastic. For me, it's the life experiences and definitely driving all these cars. I mean, we had to set out, well, we're not independently wealthy, so Mm -hmm. how do we drive all these cool cars? Let's see here. But meeting friends and genuine, real friendships, it's it's always the people. But this other part of me, it's, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it's being part of the the automotive landscape and Mm -hmm. knowing that we've somehow influenced the automotive landscape in a good way. Hopefully, yeah. And given people, you know, help people think differently. Mm-hmm. And that's been the foundation of the show is to help people. And that's been our, our mindset and continues to be is, I just want you to have fun too. 
And that comes back to the YouTube comments because, well, the bottom line here is we all like cars. Why are we arguing about minutia? <laughs> yes. Agreed. We, we like cars and cars are awesome. And I don't get it. Why do we have to argue? And you're wrong and I'm right. Okay, great. Thank you. You know, we hope we can provide entertainment <laughs> help you think differently. That's our headspace. For me, the worst part is describing to somebody who doesn't know the show or isn't familiar necessarily with filmmaking or cars in filmmaking Mm. to give me their keys. Oh, (laughs) it's really hard to say, I'm going to take your keys. Mm -hmm. Me and Todd are going to drive your car. We're going to drive it hard and fast. We're going to drive it for how it's meant to be driven (laughs) and we're going to film it. And then we're going to give your car back to you and you're going to like it. (laughs) When we're done, you're going to be like, I'm glad I was part of that. Right now, you really want to like spray me with mace. It's a a little tough when I walk up to you and say, great car. I need your keys. You want to do what with my car? Who are you? It's a little hard. It's definitely gotten easier with, you know, the amount of content we can lean on and say, look, this is what we want to do with your car. And there's always the scary part of approaching privately owned cars and private owners saying, absolutely. You want to. You're going to drive my car? I'm going to let my wife drive my car. Why, mm-hmm. why would I let you two idiots drive my car? Which is a fair question. It's, yeah. It proliferates. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, it, that, that is a hard, not the worst, but it's, it's a very difficult thing. And the other thing is trying to wrangle multiple cars on camera at the same time. Yeah. It's easy yeah. to not. It's easy just to have the same, just one car, a car, film another one at another time, or just talk about it. But to get it side by side is way harder than you think to get scheduling. Mm-hmm. Are the cars available? Mm-hmm. Are they in the same place? All those kinds of things on yeah. the same calendar date. And then, oh, weather, <laughs> you know, some weather happened and we can't, <laughs> you know, something happened there. Yes, so for sure. That, that's a tough part, but otherwise we're, we're very thankful and we're thankful to you guys as being our audience. Absolutely. We couldn't do yeah. it without you guys too. Nate M takes on a Lotus question that I thought I could answer. Oh, okay. Why doesn't Lotus build something like a GLA competitor to actually start making money? <laughs> <laughs> right. You paid attention to the, the actual car world. Have you? Okay. I see what's going on. Porsche builds not 911s and Jeep builds not Wranglers. So why doesn't Lotus have some money makers in the works or do they? Mm. We've heard rumors for a while now that they're looking into the SUV thing because mm-hmm. People buy SUVs and oh, yeah. Lotus wants mm-hmm. a piece of that. Yep. But for the longest time, Lotus offered engineering services. You would see various cars with handling by Lotus or partnership with Lotus, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. good and it made some money, but that's a finite end to a project. That's not a long term sales. That's yeah. not the yeah, the long term yeah. money. So if they do come out with an SUV, we'll be critical. We'll want it to live up to the Lotus brand, but heck. Ferrari is going to be offering an SUV from what we understand. And the Urus exists. Yeah, you're right. It, Everywhere. It's, it's all on the table at this point. You're absolutely right. Walid asked a question. He said, if there are only three manual cars left 20 years from now, which three would we want to see? I'm going to go with the ones I think would survive. Meaning mm. I think 20 years from now, I'll tell you three cars. I think will still be available in manual mm. okay. three years from now. Miata, 911 and Jeep Wrangler. I'm not going to touch that. That's excellent. Let's see. What else? Uh, oh, Matt Garrett, 82, asks a film question that I think you could touch on here. What's the business justification when car manufacturers make short films like Audi's recent lead balloons, LED balloons? And why don't we see them more often? Well, if you go way back over two decades, 
BMW produced The Hire, starring Clive Owen. It put him on the map, too. It put Clive on the map, and it put those cars on the map, and it put um, uh, the the director. Is it Ang um, Lee? Well, they had everybody direct. They had uh, David Fincher. They had uh, Frankenheimer. I think they had Ang Lee do one. They had a lot of people. Every one of them was directed by somebody else. So it was a vehicle, a metaphorical vehicle, not only for careers for people, but also to get those cars in usage mm-hmm. and product placement is one thing, but maybe there haven't been enough Marvel films with Audis in them lately. So Audi decided to go out on a limb and make their own, but seeing their car in action rather than just a commercial people ignore commercials mm-hmm. for the most part. You, yeah. Okay. Car. And unless it really catches your attention with something fabulous, well, let's see the cars in action. Let's do something with them. Let's show you the history. Let's get you familiarized with the cars in a way that you would never otherwise know about. Mm. I think that's why they take on these short films. I hope they always continue to do it because there's so many ways of doing it from, you know, you being a filmmaker, you can take, well, this car is for that, mm-hmm. you know, particular use or environment. We filmed it in Italy or we filmed yeah. it in Spain, or, you know, wherever. I love that kind of the thing. The BMW hire films are probably the best way it's ever been done. They are so good. It makes me want to go back standard. and rewatch them. They, they were so good. It was during that era when, uh, why can't I think of the, the director's name, but that director, uh, Guy Ritchie, was married to Madonna. Oh, that's right. And so she yeah. cameoed in one of them, too, which that's was right. brilliant, where they toss her out of the car. It's very, very funny. Really, really great series. But the other thing that happens here is brands across the board have realized that there is a viewership. Marriott, a couple of years ago, did a big thing. It's been longer than a couple of years, but the big thing where they had two bellboys and the bellmen were like on this series of like six adventures and they were big YouTube things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brands have realized that if they do a fun to watch series, it will get a million views on YouTube. Yeah. And that if you want to look at it the other way, it was expensive for them to do, but now they got a million or two million or three million impressions that are just, what are they? They are straight up ad impressions. Sure, sure. People just watched our ad for our car because we made one. Yeah. And it's very yeah. different than just here's our 30-second commercial because, to your point, you can dig in a lot more. So that's the, they, they want to have something that is like a look at us, but they want to make it well enough that we do. Revs Up asks what tracks we both want to drive that we have not driven yet, especially domestic tracks. I believe you mean domestic uh, U.S. Definitely the East Coast, Road Atlanta, certainly Road America, VIR, VIR NOLA, sure. yeah. New Orleans Motorsports Park, CODA, and we've heard good things about Blackhawk Farms Raceway 2. Geese1RBM has a question I really, really like. I so wanted to, talk, <laughs> to tackle this. He said he's been watching all of the reviews of the GR86 on YouTube. Why is it that so many reviewers seem to prefer the slip slidey primacy tires on the base model over the Pilot Sport 4S's on the premium? And he says he's coming from experience because he bought a BRZ. Mm. And the worst thing about the car by far was those primacy tires. He said it was even worse than the torque dip power problem. He couldn't get those tires off that car fast enough. What is going on with all the reviewers? We are the rare reviewers that said only get the PS4s. Yes. There were a lot of viewers. By the way, reviewers we really like. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Matt Farah really liked. I'm going to call him Matt Farah really liked the the slidey tires. Uh, Jason Camisa loved them. The Savage Geese guys loved them. The um, uh, Carlos Lago, who's a phenomenal driver and a great guy, he really loved them. A lot of these people called out the Carlos the, mentioned he was he didn't like him. He he was saying those are ice skates. They were. He ice came skates. back in. They were ice went, skates. But but here, but th- this is the flip side. Carlos is a great entrance into this discussion. Hi, by the way. The interesting thing here is. Zoom out 
to what car journalists end up doing day in and day out. You're in another SUV, you're in another sedan, you're in another pickup truck somewhere. And the edge of grip fun that is available in the rare car isn't part of what you normally get to drive. True. So now you have a racetrack. You have a car that is in the GR86 wonderfully balanced that is really fun to slide and slides predictably and easily and is actually fun. What do you want to do all day? You want to slide that car because you can because it's a laugh. I mean, Carlos was talking about the ice skates, but he also went out there multiple times in that car, watch his review, and put it sideways to the point they told him to stop. Yeah. yeah. Okay? The Savage Geese guys did some fantastic drifts in their video. Jack was driving. It was great, great stuff. Jason Camisa loves to be sideways more than he likes to be straight. <laughs> okay? It's fantastic. So my point here is, you and I want you to be on the PS4s because ultimately we think grip is better. But sliding is very fun. And so what you're talking about is so many reviewers were just thrilled to have a car they could do that with for the day that the primacy tires are a riot. So let's have fun. I think most of those reviewers, if they were buying the car, would put better tires on it. That's a good point. I like that. Ryan Bookman, 97, watched the Nissan Frontier video. Can we elaborate our thoughts on it and how it compares to the Ridgeline, the Colorado, the Tacoma? We touched on this. Any problems or recommendations for tall people? We found ourselves fitting just fine in the new Frontier, and we liked it a lot, but primarily because of ride. Also, because it still does most of the things most people need out of a truck, a real truck. It still tows great. Mm -hmm. It has great off-road capability. But when you're driving a pickup truck, most of your time, I guarantee, is going to be on free on pavement, yeah, on yeah, road, yeah, yeah. and it rides like a unibody, independent rear suspension Ridgeline. As it's a matter very of fact, close. Nissan called out the Ridgeline as one of their benchmarks, not the Colorado, not the Tacoma, yeah, not anything else. And so it because it rides so well and they focused on it so much mm-hmm. and it still does all the off-road and towing capability truck things. Yeah. Yeah. It just came together. We complimented it endlessly. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's personal preference, you know, various things. We wanted them to push it further, of course, but it was revolutionary for where they're at mm-hmm. and they just they focused on what was important to us and it just really stuck out. So in comparison to those others, it rides so well and it still has better off-road capability than a Ridgeline. It's definitely a consideration. I haven't been in the Colorado in a while, so I don't remember the seating position very well in that. But I've been in the Tacoma recently, including on that lunch, that launch. Sorry, it was a good lunch too. But uh, <laughs> the uh, the Tacoma actually has a worse seating position, especially for tall guys. Oh, yeah, the floor yeah, yeah. was significantly higher, and we noticed that difference. And so, from just a comfort perspective, I thought the Frontier was superior. Spirited Drive 11 has a question here. If many electric cars across many brands all drive and feel the same way, and the tech is similar. Do we think car ownership duration will be longer than it is today? Well, actually, no. I think it will be shorter because you're going to get tired of it. If it's all the same, it's the new tech. It's the same as the the Apple Watch. I guarantee you, if you have an Apple Watch, it's going in the junk drawer at some point soon. You're going to look at the next one because it's going to not have the feature you want or the next one comes out and it's going to sit on your shelf. It's not a long-lasting object. It'll be like your phone. It's you need to upgrade It's almost throwaway yeah. because, well, the new electric whatever has longer battery life, faster mm-hmm. acceleration, better tech, name the thing. <laughs> this it's one has a 25-inch screen. Exactly. This swivels. I need to yes. be able to swivel backwards and reach the screen. Because driving dynamics, 
are good at any time, at any point in time, a car was built and it has good driving dynamics. That means it's a good, fun car to drive. Doesn't matter how old it is, Mm -hmm. but electric cars, well, unless something drives really well, maybe then people will rally around that. But if it's just based on tech, Mm -hmm. I think people are going to lose interest. It's going to be like a phone every two years, like in two years, I'm tired of my phone. Because the tech moves on so quick. Absolutely. Yes. I, that could be a problem. We'll see. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. We really appreciate it. As we mentioned at the top of the podcast, on YouTube are two films about the cheap sports cars, the definitive cheap sports cars you can buy for under $8,000, and they are both on our main Everyday Driver YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. There's also test drive videos individually with different commentary of all eight cars as well, except for R2. There's a lot going on. There's a lot. Lots of content coming, but we thank you for all your engagement, your social media questions. Write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Can't wait to hear from you. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) 